come to, we could always stay. But if you leave me, can I come to? But if you don't, can I come to? <laughs> so says season two, episode twenty-two. Yes. One wants to stay, the other wants to go. That's what we're talking about today, and we were singing a little song from Mentors Anything. Yes, which for is a, any non-Australians out there, yes. it's a very famous Aussie band. They are famous. from eighties, like eighties, nineties. Yeah, eighties. Yeah, yeah. My husband's favourite band. Yes. Yes. Love yes. them. Yes. Because he's taking you to the Rudy Hill RSL. Yes, one of our first dates was at the Rudy Hill RSL to watch them play. Did they sing, the nips are getting bigger. Yeah. What else did they sing? Um, too many times, times, too many times. And um, uh, just let me get the rock and roll music. Did they sing that? Any old time you use it. Was okay. that them? And that was, was from that movie. Young Einstein. There you go. Yes, I could be putting together two Australian bands, but I'm pretty sure it was mental as anything. <laughs> All right, we'll find out. Yes. So it says, we just did something a little bit exciting. Yes, it was nerve-wracking. I was really nervous mm -hmm. all day. I've been nervous mm -hmm. about it. But once we did it, it was really a lot of fun. I will not watch it back. Right. <laughs> so we had done, um, I was saying I received an email from a reader in Hong Kong who's mm -hmm. now back in Brisbane. Right. And she had taken a little bit of offence to an article <laughs> that she'd read in Mamma Mia. And um, actually, I don't think I addressed that in the just getting off track once again, but I didn't in the video that we did. I should have talked about the fact that I used to write for Mamma Mia and that we'd no, seen that No, I think you did. But I think, yeah, maybe oh, in the first yes, or the yeah, second. Yeah, in the, in the yeah. first video you did because I said you might not be invited back. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can blame me because I was nastier than what you were. We're talking about it, so it's, it's all good. <laughs> so... Um, but yes, received the email and uh, I'm not saying the name just in case she doesn't want to be outed, but she'd said, could you write a response? Can you write a blog post about it? And I'd put a little note up on the 4Kids 20 Suitcases page and there were a lot of comments. Yeah, over 100 were, comments. Yeah, yeah, people were really right From up about it. From mostly expat women. Yes. Yeah. Basically, the articles lumped us all into one group of rich, middle-class white people that earn a fortune. Yeah. We're dripping in diamonds. We've got a house full of staff and we live this rock star lifestyle, which actually couldn't be any further from the, the truth. truth. And, and we was, discussed it today. We discussed it today. And, and this new whiz-bang thing on Facebook where you can do a live feed with your yes. audience and people can comment as you're chatting and... Yes. Yeah. And, and so, for someone that did an internet communications degree a few months ago, I had no idea that this existed in the social media world. Really? See, no I, idea. I don't know why, but lots of people in my feed um, have done them. But in the old days, well, not old days, I think probably six months ago, mm -hmm. they were just they were only for celebrities. Like Jamie Oliver used to do them. That's where I think right. I first saw them. Is so Jamie Oliver, I remember back on Christmas Eve, stuffed yeah. his turkey live on Facebook wow. Live. And I just loved it. And yeah. I remember thinking, what a fantastic thing to do. Like yeah. because it's so real. Yeah. There's no editing, there's mm -hmm. no anything. As you will see if you go back and watch our videos, <laughs> there was no editing. <laughs> and so I said to you yesterday, I, I was so excited I actually mm -hmm. rang you. Yes. Which we never do, we always text. Because I'm anti phone calls. I You're only right. ever answer the phone to you my husband and my mother thank you <laughs> and we i rang you and said hey do you want to do facebook live tomorrow mm -hmm. and we can talk about this thing and you and were... i did my what's that yes yeah, sounds great yeah. but in my head i was like oh my god i'm gonna be live on facebook <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and so we did it and it was fantastic and now we're going to do it again yes yeah, so we're going to make it a weekly thing we'll let you we think we're going to do it on a thursday afternoon yeah. doha time yes um, and so it'll be a Thursday evening in um, Australia. About seven o'clock, eight o'clock Australian time. And a Wednesday morning in America. Thursday morning in no, no Wednesday. Wednesday yes, they're, yes, and then like a mid after no late afternoon in Asia. I think so, or Europe. And morning yeah. in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I so hopefully we'll cover. Europe. Yeah, we think. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, but we think about 1pm 1, 1 diehard time. Yes, and we're going to talk about the podcast that we would have published earlier in the week. Yeah. We're going to talk about the podcast topic for the following week yeah. and anything else that's come up. Yeah. And because it's live, you're able to go in there and leave comments and ask us questions and we can answer them as best we can. And the coolest thing is we can talk to you right Yes, there. yes. I So anyone that. that's listening to it, because... The biggest thing we get from our emails from our listeners is they always feel like they're sitting down and having a conversation with us. Yes. So this is what this live video will be. You can actually have a conversation with us. Yes. All right, back to one wants to stay, the other wants to yes. go. So we were thinking this is a little bit common in the expat world mm -hmm. of, okay, so you both make a decision, you're heading off, you're off to your new destination, you're there, I don't know, six months, 12 months, Five years, yep. and then one of you wants to go, go and the other wants to stay. Mm -hmm. What do you do? And I, has it happened to you, Sarah? Not really. It's come close mm -hmm. for me. Um, mm -hmm. I really didn't like living in Doha when we first moved here, so there was times that I wanted to pack up and go. And we do, Matt and I do have this rule, which I actually think is a bit silly thinking about it because you can't just pack up and leave because that would just... I couldn't move home or move somewhere else without a job. No. That would... I know other people do it, yeah. but for me, that I would lose sleep. Yes. <laughs> do you know what I'm yeah. quite type A personality. I like things yeah. in order. I yeah. can't just pack up and go. Yeah. But we do have this rule in theory that if one of us was desperately unhappy, yes. we would go. Yeah. Um, but I think the way that Matt and I work our relationship is when one is down, the other is up, yes. and the person who is up lifts the other one. Yes. That's kind of how we work in all aspects yeah. of our life. But looking back, living in Doha, I think the reason I was desperately unhappy was everything that was going on personally. Yes. Um, we were struggling with miscarriages and fertility and whatnot, and I don't think it matters where we would have been living, I would have hated wherever we were living at the time. And I think the really important thing about that is that you need to keep that in mind that maybe mm -hmm. it's just the situation you're in yep. and you need to just let it pass. Yes, and not the location. Don't rush into any rash decisions, I think, if you're going yeah. through it. Yeah, I have a girlfriend who decided she hated it here at the end of last year, but it also coincided with her eldest going off to university mm -hmm. and she just came back and, and if you said to her, do you think maybe you're just a bit unhappy because of what's going on, you know, that your eldest is not here and whatever, no, no, I just hate it, I've had enough, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And now sort of a year on, she's rediscovered her mojo for mm -hmm. being here yeah. and really likes it here. Yes because her child's very happy where they are and uh -huh. they've kind of moved on to a different place as yep. well and everything has kind of yep. found its way uh -huh. back. And, and as I said to you during the week, I've almost got like a newfound love affair with Doha mm -hmm. at the moment. Like so I'm right. really, yeah. really loving it here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's funny when you, you know how Facebook these days have has your memories yes when i see some of the facebook statuses that i used to post lucky <laughs> like, i didn't end up in jail quite frankly i hope no one in the government can backtrack what i used to write because i look back and i'm i'm really mad at myself because that's not the type of i'm very much the glass is half full yeah i'm that i try and see the positive yes. in everything and i just wasn't at that time and yeah. i blamed everything on doha and it was wrong yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no. Have you ever had that feeling where you want Definitely. to pack up and leave, or has G had that feeling? Yeah, I think that um, we were very much like you were saying, always lived in this. Um, well, if one's unhappy, the other one can't go down that path because mm -hmm. if we both go down that path, that'll be it. Slippery slope. We'll, it's a slippery slope, <laughs> and we'll be miserable. And so I think also what I have discovered from doing this episode is because all of those people you know our readers wrote in and they all said how they felt and you know making decisions and whatever i realized the first 11 years of our expat life we never made a decision someone made mm -hmm. it for us right so we were just told yeah. and so it didn't matter whether you were really happy somewhere or really miserable somewhere you just knew the someone choice was wasn't yours come along and the choice wasn't yours and so there were times yes i wanted to stay but the company told us mm -hmm. we were going 
or times I wanted to go, but the company said, no, not yet. Mm-hmm. What I have discovered with G&I now is that I don't really think we have the guts to make the decision ourselves. Yep, I, I agree think, with that. I think we have... I think there's amazing people in this world that quit their jobs mm-hmm. and go home and yep. say, whatever will be, will be. Yes. We'll work it out. I've got friends in that situation at the moment. She's gone. He's yep. still here. And he's not going to look for a job until he gets home because... <sighs> And it just absolutely terrifies. And I know Matt is the same. Um, And I don't know how I would be if he was that kind of person. And my hat's off to them. Like, go for it. Because they are. What will be, will be. If they get a job, they get it. If they have to move somewhere else, then they'll do that. Um, But I couldn't couldn't do that. Which is why I don't think the rule that Matt and I have would actually work. If you leave me, can I come to? but I love travelling, if that makes sense. Oh, and I am right on the same yeah, page as And that's it? just the geographical schizophrenia. Yeah, and it's funny yeah. because when Matt and I, because we've been through, or he's been through a couple of retrenchments, our mindset when that happens is actually very different. So our mindset mm. when he's been retrenched is our worst of the worst is moving back home, moving in with my parents, and we start again. Yeah. That doesn't bother me, but the thought of making the decision ourselves to pack up and leave yeah our minds are completely on the opposite to that it's strange how it because being retrenched well you can't help it it's happened so if we start from the beginning again well yeah so be it yeah but when it's on you to make that decision because if it's a wrong decision and you have to come back and and with your tail between your legs yeah 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 Yeah. so i i think that's what i've sort of learned about this one is that we, I imagine, you know, will go down the track, but I think it will be even more of a, we might be the last one standing for a certain amount of time. I know for yeah. sure I'm going to be the last one. <laughs> I've had friends text me recently because there is a, a lot of people leaving Qatar at the moment and I've had a few friends text me saying, you guys are still staying, right? And I, my reply is, lady, I'm going to be the last man standing here. I can just <laughs> tell. I will be that old expat lady yep. just been here a thousand years as the newbies keep on rolling in that's what I keep on feeling that's going to happen and is that such a bad thing though because I know but like then that. there's part of me that is for instance the company that Matt works for is a company that he now wants to stay with until retirement mm-hmm. but because it's a global company there's lots of opportunities for us to move yes. somewhere else and that's exciting for us at the moment but every time we have the conversation okay we know we're here for the next five years yeah when we look at what happens when that five years is up that's yes that's the big thing for us at the moment is which avenue yeah yeah so for anyone out there who is really struggling with the decision Mm -hmm. we spoke to kate and kate has a business in the states um called small planet studio and kate had written a post uh called what to do when you and your partner don't have the same global life vision Mm -hmm. and so i thought i would um sarah play you um kate's interview and then we can have a quick chat after that about what your thoughts are so small planet studio is um, a virtual personal and professional development company for global adventurers and right now we're focusing on the re-entry experience and helping travelers and students and expats who've had a transformational experience abroad come home and quote unquote home (laughs) and uh, figure out, you know, how can they live a global life now? How can they create 
um, a global life that they love no matter where they are in the world and, you know, figure out all those identity issues and what their next global adventure is going to be and how they can build on their experiences abroad in what they do next. So I had seen, you'd written a post that I'd seen this week uh, called Three Things to Do When You and Your Partner Don't Share the Same Global Life Vision. And uh, we have thousands of listeners that are all expats, more I should say all, mostly expat women, Um, and we've all experienced that feeling of you want to go and they want to stay or you want to stay and they want to go. Um, And you had your own experience that you wrote about. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah. So when my husband and I met, we both had lived abroad and my career was very focused. I was a um, a German teacher at that time. I was working to be a German professor and I had just always envisioned that I would go between the United States and Germany and I would live abroad quite a bit of my adult life. And my husband had lived in Spain. He had traveled a lot. He was very globally focused, but his job was not. And so when we, you know, like the first 10 years we were together, we traveled a lot. He supported me living in Germany for shorter, you know, short periods of time. Um, We, he quit his job twice so that we could go traveling and take sabbaticals. And then about 10 years into our relationship, we both finished graduate school. We were um, working in jobs in North Carolina and I was like, okay, it's time. We've got to, you know, we've got to like quit our job, sell our house and let's go. And, um, you know, he said, I really don't want to do that. And it was the first time that we weren't on the same page globally. He said, I just, I would love to do that, but not right now. I really enjoy my job. I love that we have a house. Um, he loved that we had some roots and, That was so hard for me because that was the opposite of what I wanted. And so it took quite a bit of time for us to work through this issue because all of a sudden I felt like this dream that I had had, this identity that I had had was just gone. And it, you know, there's a very, very long story that goes with that. But the short version is that um, it actually made me face a lot of re-entry issues that I had been running from for many, 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 many years. And it made me um, really think about what was important in my life and what I wanted in my life, no matter where I was, whether I was at home or whether I was abroad or, you know, just wherever I was, I wanted, you know, what do I need in my life to be global and to be happy? And we're now on the other side of this. It's been several years, and um, and we are living in North Carolina, and we have a life now that works for both of us. And you've just raised such an interesting point because I think as expats, you it is such a huge part of your identity because you're having that conversation with people all the time, aren't you? Like talk, people ask you how how's it going, what's it like where you live. You know, every time you come home, go home, it's reinforced that you yeah. are different. So if you don't have that differentiality anymore, who are you? Yeah, exactly. And I felt like. Um, you know, I mean, I live in a completely different part of the United States than where I grew up or where I lived, um, where I met my husband. So, I mean, I feel a lot of culture shock and, you know, like it's, it's very different where I live here compared to where I have lived, but it's still my home country and my husband is American. And so, you know, like I just think, oh, I just, this is too easy, you know, and this isn't all and interesting and nobody's going to find me interesting because, you know, and I, and I worried, I, I thought maybe people feel like I've just given up or, um, you know, living abroad is just too hard. And so I've failed. I really felt like a failure because I wasn't living abroad like I had wanted to. And I wasn't really happy when I was at home. And it seemed like everyone I knew was either living abroad or they were really happy to be home. And I wasn't in either of those categories, so I felt like I was just failing miserably. But um, but I did get through it. And I'll admit, there are days where I wake up and I think, oh, I really wish I were living abroad because, you know, that can be really awesome. But then, you know, for me, I had to figure out what my global life ingredients were, and those were the five things that were really important to me. 
and um, right now. And so I think about those ingredients and I think, you know, I have those things. I have those things. And those are the things that are truly important to me. And so what and if I didn't the, have those things, what are the oh, yeah, five things? What are the five things that are your, for me, for me, those five things are that my husband and I are equally happy in our lives. So we're pursuing careers that are fulfilling for us. And we, we have the things in our lives that are important to us. We both do. The second thing is that I get to spend time with my family, uh, my parents who live out in Oregon. Um, the third thing is that I have freedom and flexibility in my job. The fourth thing is um, that I get to be at least a part-time nomad, so I travel a lot, mm-hmm. and I do get to spend time abroad. The fifth thing is that I'm working on changing the conversation around re-entry from something really horrible to something that is um, really positive and a growing experience. So yeah. that's the last thing. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I realized that those were the things that were most important to me, and right now, being where we are. Um, I can have all of those, those things that are the most important things in my life right now. How do you get to that compromise with your husband? Because, you know, a lot of people would see it as I've just given up what I wanted so that you can have what you want. Um, so how do you not be, I guess, bitter about it that you said you wanted to go and he said, no, I didn't. And now here you are, you're staying. Yeah. How do you work that out? That was hard because that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like if we stayed here because of his job and, you know, kind of the things that he wanted, I felt like I was giving up on everything that Mm. made me who I am and everything that I want and my vision for my life. Mm. And I felt like if we moved abroad, then um, it would be for me and not as much for my husband because his job probably wouldn't be what he really wanted. So it felt like one of us was going to have to give up something really big. Yes. But, you know, I was really determined to find a solution that worked for both of us. I had no idea what that was, but I really was determined. And so I spent a couple of months just thinking about what would the solution be and how could we find this? And for me, I mean, for us, um, what, like the idea that came to me one time was, well, okay, you can't be a full-time nomad, but maybe you can be a part-time nomad. My husband's always been very supportive of me going abroad for work or to, um, you know, I mean, a year after we got married, I spent four months teaching in Germany and my husband was very supportive of that. And the six weeks right before our wedding, I was in Germany, um, cause I was a grad student. So I went to Germany for six weeks and he's always supported that. Mm. And so I thought, well, maybe I can be a part-time nomad. Maybe I can continue that and I can, you know, create my business so that it supports that lifestyle. And I pitched that to my husband and I think he was actually kind of relieved. He said, that sounds great. You know, then we can have everything that we want. But it also took a lot of conversations. You know, we, we talked a lot and, and I had to figure out why I so wanted to go abroad and why this was such a huge part of my identity and why I felt like I was losing. And he explained why he really wanted some roots and why it was important to him at this stage in his career that he stay in the job that he's in. And interestingly, we also realized that what makes me really excited and feel really good about my life really freaks him out. (laughs) And it's the exact opposite. What makes him feel really, feel like he's moving forward with his life makes me feel really freaked out. Okay, what do you think? I think... I think she's very lucky that she has the partner that she has that's very supportive of what she wants to do. But I also understand his position where he's happy to stay put for a moment. Um, And I think there's in anyone's marriage or relationship, you're always going to have times when perhaps you're not on the same page. And I think if that's happening, maybe you need to sit down and really have a very open discussion of where you see yourselves going before it can become dangerous territory for your relationship. Because it's interesting that she said what she sees is really exciting and has to be a way of yeah. life. He sees as terrifying, yes. which I totally get. It's a bit like you and I were saying before about, you know, not having to make that leap of faith yeah. and not knowing. Yes. He's not all that yeah. willing to do it. She's quite keen just to see what happens. And do you think it's a certain type of person that becomes an expat? Do yes. you think they're we're built a certain way to live 
yeah. our life as an expat. And I think this goes back to that conversation we were having before in the in the video we put on Facebook too about um, the article that we were talking about the person had written that we see ourselves as rock stars, you mm-hmm. know, when we go back. And I don't think that's it. I think you and I have talked before about if you're not an expat, then who are you? Mm-hmm. Because if you've, if you've spent so much of your time, like for me, 16 years of my time, Floating between yep. one country and another. Huge chunk of your life, huge chunk of your married life. My husband told me on Saturday night, on Friday night, we were out to dinner, and someone was asking him about his childhood, and he was saying how he was an expat child. And he, then he said, and I can't believe I hadn't worked this out too, he said to this couple we were out to dinner with, I actually worked out that I have been an expat longer than I've lived in Australia mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And I was like, my gosh, no wonder we're like we are. Do you yeah. know? No wonder yes. that's our norm. Yes. So we're both going by that thing. We yeah. think it's completely normal. Yeah. And it's not that we think we're really special and it's not that we go home and we go to Australia and we go, well, aren't we so special yeah. because we're It just is what it is. This is just how we live. Yeah. And um, we also know we're not special because we know there's hundreds and thousands of people that do this. Do the same thing. Yeah. Home, mm-hmm. do you know? And, and hundreds and thousands of people in different wage brackets, you yes. know? Like we have a guy that takes us out on weekends and drives us around yep. and he lives the same life. He yes. goes back to his Indian family yes. and he has the same conversations with yeah. us about putting his kids through school and yeah. going back to see yeah. her and going to weddings well, I look and doing at Marissa, whatever. Our, our housekeeper, she's been an expat for more than half her life. Yeah. Like yeah. this is her norm yes. now. Yeah. 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 So there's, I think, yes, um, it becomes very addictive because I think... It's not that, oh, I'm so special and I feel special living this life. It's, well, if I go home and I stay at home, what if I never get to do this again? Yeah, that's a big thing for me and it's something that I've said to Matt a few times. I'm scared of going home because I feel that would be then it, that we wouldn't pack up and go again. Whereas if we move from here to another country, it's still an option to then try somewhere else. Yeah. Whereas I feel like once I'm home, I'm home. Yeah. yeah, and that scares me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really, it really does. And I always yeah. joke it's because oh, I'm gonna have to clean again and all. Yeah. But it's it's actually got nothing to do. Yeah. It's just I like this life. Yes, I like it. There's, yeah. I'm very, as I said earlier this episode, I actually do have quite a type A personality. Where you know when we go on holidays, mm-hmm. I've got the itin- like I like an adventure. I love going places. I love seeing new things. Yes. But it needs to be itemised. Yeah. Do you know what I And there's something about moving home that's very final yes. about that, whereas I still feel like I'm, I'm ready for another. I, I want to adventure more. Yeah. But it just has to be yes. Yes. very, yes. very organised. So Kate Lewis was telling us that she was done and he wasn't, so she went back home alone with two young children and that they're all together now, but it was the hardest 18 months of her life. And yeah. um, she says she doesn't have any regrets, but that's that's a big thing too, that break up yeah. of family. Yes. And we, we see that all the time, don't yeah, we? Yeah, well, I'm living it now with one of my really good friends has moved back and her husband is here until the end of August. And he was going to move into short-term accommodation here. Yeah. And I was sitting at home the other day thinking how hard and long that's going to be for him being without his wife and two boys. Yeah. So I said to him, no, you're going to stay with us so you have some type of family. family and you've yeah. got Because I think that would be very lonely going from yeah. socialising with your friends every weekend, yeah. having your wife and children with you, to then all Nothing. of that's taken Miserable. away. So I've, I've got a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually been... Nice. It's been fantastic because yeah. Matt is away so often that yeah. there's company there. We like the same TV shows. Yeah, it's, and it's nice for him because the yeah. days aren't so long and the weekends aren't forever yeah. because he's missing. Yeah. And she knows that he's happy. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, Holly said the expat life one suitcase at the door at all times the part they don't tell you about when you sign on the line and the wishing that someone else would make the decision for your car sometimes I wish I hope that in the five years when our five year plan 
comes to an end that yeah. actually someone taps Matt on the shoulder and says, okay, we think you should go here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. kind of what I'm hoping yes. for. Karen Evans said, I'm going back home later in the year. Hubby's staying put. It's been a very difficult decision to make, but after 10 years of living in Italy, USA and Abu Dhabi, I need to be nearer to my ageing family. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the tough yeah, one. I, yeah, I can under... And it's funny, before we started our expat life, well, when we first started it, I found it very bizarre that one half of the family would go home and the other would stay. Mm-hmm. And I think, if I'm honest, I was quite judgy yes. about it yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's not the norm when yeah. you live in your home country. You don't yeah. separate for six months, a year, 18 months. It just doesn't yeah. happen. Well, it's never happened in yeah. my circle. Um, and then as my expat life has carried on, I've realised actually it's quite normal and it's okay yes yeah and I totally understand it now and it wouldn't surprise me if we were to do it yeah one day yeah and it's just a snippet of time exactly in a huge thing I loved Shari Ross had just written can of (laughs) worms and that I think is fantastic because I know Shari and they have moved an amazing amount of times all Mm -hmm. over the world I don't think there's a continent they haven't done Mm -hmm. and um I am sure there will have been places that she really didn't want to go. And I know there was one particular destination that kind of broke her heart. They went to Saudi and she ended up having to send her kids to boarding school and she Mm -hmm. really didn't feel good about it. And um, I think that's the thing is like when we listen to Kate and her interview about how she came up with her five strategies and what her ingredients were, all of that is all great. But what happens is if the bottom line is you feel like you're sacrificing yep. for them mm-hmm. and how do you get how past do you get that? past that yeah and do you just say because I don't know with Kate and her husband when she said well I've, I'm, I'm okay to be a you know a, a trial nomad or whatever mm-hmm. and just do yeah. a bit of time well no why are you and why is that okay for you yeah and if your true passion is to be an expat why why aren't you doing it yeah yeah and so so where what do you choose yes that's why i'm kind of glad matt and i are on the same page and i don't have to think about it because that's really hard because you don't want to give up who you are yeah do you in any facet of life yeah but at the same time in a relationship you have to do give and take yeah and then maggie said or what about when you know you have a decision coming up one day and you want to stay and then the next day you want to go and then the next day you want to stay and the next oh i've lived through that yes (laughs) because i think too in our expat lives Every day we either love it or hate it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, traffic's terrible. Yes. God, I hate living and here. And the, small, yeah. the smallest of things can set you off that would never set you off back home. Yeah. It wouldn't even affect you back home. No. Whereas here it is the bloody end of the world. In my case, I have threatened divorce and I'm going to get on a plane just because someone flashed his lights at me. <laughs> Um, And a lot of people were saying that for them at the moment, because of the financial crisis that the world seems to be in, that there is a lot of people in that predicament and a lot of people repatriating. Mm -hmm. I think our next door neighbours are packing up day by day, more and more stuff goes off in a truck. And they've been here a long time, haven't they? They've been here for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I guess for me, it's made me a bit grateful about being here that, um, you're just lucky to have a job. Yep, just absolutely. Shut up and be lucky that That's you've got right. a and job. And yeah. the times that I feel like I want to complain that Matt's travelling so much, I stop myself because, one, he's not going because he wants to. It's not like he's, yeah. I want to get on a plane and not be around you. Yeah. We're damn lucky that he's got the job that he's got and I can't complain. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, Rebecca said they expected to be in Doha for three years, but due to things beyond our control, we left after 18 months. We were okay about staying, but also happy to leave. My husband's job was really stressful, and he's much happier in layback California. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd be happy in layback California. Yes, me California. too. Um, it's all about compromise and anticipating that the next place might be even better. Yes, that's a really good. Yeah, point. have a positive approach to it all. Yeah, yeah. Besides the stay and go question, we've often, and this is Hillary. She said, <laughs> instead of the stay or go, they've had the, you want to go where? Yeah, <laughs> and you and I, you've probably had yeah. that way more than, because oh, you've lived yeah. in some interesting places. <laughs> Did you get that when you said we're going to Libya? Well, do you know, Libya came up, and I, c- 
couldn't tell you exactly. I was nine months pregnant, literally days away from having our second child. I was enormous, enormous enough that I was struggling to bath the first child because <laughs> I was, so I had to sit on this special seat to sort of yeah. waddle over to bath it. And I remember Greg walked in and said, there's this rumour going around that we're moving to Libya. <laughs> And I mean, back then, that was 2002, so Libya was, you know, no. a little bit more archaic. Yes. Yeah, and, um, yeah, but at the same time, we had been in this situation in KL for a year where we kind of knew that we weren't fixed in a spot, mm -hmm. and I'd got sick of living like that. Like, yeah. we weren't... We weren't investing in a decent car because we knew we'd have to sell the car right. we had. Yeah. I think we were renting a car. Yeah. And it was one of these, in KL they have these proton wearers and they're yes. almost like driving dodging <laughs> yeah. cars. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we wanted to, we wanted to pay for membership for a pool somewhere, like to take visit yeah. to the pool, but we didn't because it was so expensive because, you know, we're not going to be here. And it might be, yeah. be up before the membership. So up. I think yeah. when Libya came as... Um, interesting as it sounded it was um exciting just to go somewhere where we knew we were going to stop for a and while. plant roots yeah. for a little while yeah see because you've had a very different experience to us we've only done two countries and Abu Dhabi or the UAE was only in 18 months yes. so we've had nearly seven years here this yes. is the only school Sadie's known yeah it's like our life is yeah. firmly and I think that's probably why I'm very I think had we done quite a few moves yeah I may be more adaptable adaptable but yeah. like our life is here like we've spent yeah. most of our married life here this is home yeah so the thought of packing up and going somewhere else is quite terrifying yeah yeah rosie barron who we've spoken to rosie's husband ian oh, um, yes. she said when neither of you want to go somewhere but it seems like the only option available um do they commute or do you spend everything oh gosh yeah because they did a move back to the uk um yes someone else wrote back to rosie saying that they've done that they've done the uk commute and yes. i know we've interviewed people before where she lives in scotland and he commutes to london yeah which sounds bizarre yeah it does it? doesn't it um samantha said it's our life in a nutshell nice to know other people lead the same life and have the same discussions and i think it doesn't matter where we're living or expats have the same experiences yeah. when it comes to to themes like this yeah um karen said less about differences about wanting to leave more about differences between choosing new or choosing to head home oh see i'm we're both on the choosing new yeah i'm on the choosing new yeah and i get nervy every time greg ever mentions anything about heading yeah. home it's like, do you really funny think you'd do that because you and i are very very close to our families yeah and we have a very strong pull yes. to home yes. yet we both don't want to go. Don't want to go. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I don't know. There's, I there's just don't want to. Got to be something. Yeah, and and I. It's exactly as you said before. I just don't want to get home and go. Well, was that it? Yeah. Yeah. And it, no one that knows that. Really and it's you know when you come back from a holiday and your first day back at work, it's like that holiday never existed. Yes. That's what I think it would feel like on a much grander scale. To give Did up that happen? That life. Yeah. Did, Did you that just really spend happen? 16 years travelling and living around the world? Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. I think yeah, that yeah, might yeah. be it. Louise said, I wanted to stay. My husband's work said it was time to go. I knew it would be hard, but I'm still struggling with repatriation and it's been many months. And this is something that we've talked about quite a fair bit and we've even done an episode, I think, in season one about what it's like to repatriate and everyone says it's the hardest move of all. Yeah. Um, and it takes at least a year to get into the swing of things. And this is why it's a good time to talk to Eleanor. Okay. So Eleanor has... Um, lived all over their place and they are now back at home but i started off by asking eleanor about her expat life so far um so we um moved to zambia in 2004 yes and we were there for five years and then we moved to botswana and we were there for five and a half years from 2009 to May of uh, 2015 and in May of 2015 we repatriated back to London. And what made you repatriate in 2015? Um, so we there were two things really we had decided that we were gonna that we were gonna come home um, 
but we hadn't planned to come home at quite the time that we did. So um, it was a it was a decision that we'd made ourselves, and then the timing was forced upon us by um, my husband's employer. The main contract that he was working that he was working on uh, came to an end. It was a, a government a U.S. government contract, and the funding dried up and. So we had to come home when we did. And we ended up coming home at about two months' notice. Uh, and and two you, to three months notice. you weren't keen to come home at the time? I guess you must have had a, what, a two-year-old at that stage? Um, I, we were keen to come back. As I say, we, we decided that we were going to come back, but we had been, we'd, we'd been thinking of, in, in fact, my husband had t- told his employer okay we'll we're going we're going to go home we we we'd been thinking about coming home about now how did you feel about coming home were you both on the same page of okay well we did want to go home but this is just a bit little bit earlier than we'd planned but okay we're off off we go like yes yes yeah. it was that was that was it i mean when, and we i think we both felt that we'd kind of done the country that we were in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in there for five and a half years and we were kind of like, yeah, well, we're kind of done here. He felt that he was pretty much done with work-wise. So tell me then now, what's the situation now? So we have been back for 11 months. We've all found it difficult to, uh, to varying degrees. Um, I found it extremely hard. But I've now, I now feel that I've come out the other side of finding it hard. And I'm actually really enjoying it here. Um, whereas my husband is having, he didn't find it, he didn't find it so hard at first. But he's gone back to his, he's gone back to his old employer, back to head office where he hasn't worked since 2004. And, and you know, there's a lot of the same people and there's a lot of, he's just kind of slotted in and he's finding that very difficult having, being, a, I suppose, being a small, a small cog in a big wheel, uh, where he was before he was when we were overseas he was the boss so what is his feeling now is he sort of thinking okay I'd like to head off somewhere else how does that discussion look between the two of you like how do you how do you work it out without one of you feeling selfish or um, the other one feeling like they're you know not being accommodating I honestly don't know because this is the first time that we've not been on the same page so I don't know I don't know how it will go. We just have to talk about it and write it all down. And he's going to have some, he's going to try and have some uh, career coaching to try and work out kind of what he really is wanting to do with his, with his career. What would be the best way of, what would be the best way of achieving those things? We've got lots of lists of, you know, positives and negatives about all the various different options. Um, I think, Part of the problem for me is that the job that has been offered to him, which is basically sitting there on a plate ready for him to take if he wants it, is not a place that I want to go and live. And would you do it all the same again? Would you have stayed away for all that time? Um, Would you have chosen the life you chose? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Without without a doubt. Okay, so what do you think is going to happen now? Where do you think things will be in six months' time? I don't think that he'll take this job that's been offered to him because I think he'll think that, no, actually, this, is, this isn't the right opportunity. Um, do you think that might be a little bit of it, Eleanor? Do you think that deep down you don't think this is the right job for him? Well, this particular one that's being offered to him, no, I don't think it is. But there are others coming up the way the, the particular field that he works in. Um, there's a huge, there's a, an enormous amount of work appearing in the next six months to a year um and i think there's better stuff on the horizon plus i also think that there's other things that he can explore with his current employer and maybe maybe um giving giving it another six months before making a decision will be in a better place to make that so i'm 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 hoping that we'll still be thinking about it in six months although that although on the other side i'm like oh really another six months but I think that's probably the best that that's the best outcome for me okay 
I feel for both Eleanor and her husband because mm-hmm. he was the big man on campus mm-hmm. in his expat life. He's mm-hmm. gone back to head office. Same people are still there. Mm-hmm. Same people are doing everything that they've been doing all of this time. Mm-hmm. And he must be thinking, well... What did I come back for? Yeah. yeah. Whereas Eleanor, it's taken her this time to settle mm-hmm. in and get the swing of things. And then all of a sudden it's yeah. balls up in the air juggling again. Yeah. And I can see why it would be a very daunting... Yeah future to look as that whole repatriation thing again yeah. isn't it like she's like i've just spent 11 months trying to get my head back into this place yes and really we're going to move again and that is so, well i've not repatriated yet but i can only imagine that living in a non-expat community is completely different to yes. living an expat life yeah and all yeah. of a sudden it's going to be oh we might do it again yeah um yeah. but i think she had a really good tip about doing the pros and cons Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's really important for couples to do to make sure that you're staying on the same page and can make the decision together. Yeah, yeah. And I also think um, little edit now is Eleanor contacted me a couple of days ago to say mm-hmm. he didn't take the job. Uh-huh. So I said, oh, that's good news. You've got more time to sort of get your head yes. straight. But I also think... Because she felt that there was going to be something better. Yeah, yeah it wasn't it a good enough. Right thing. Yeah. And is it that thing too that you go back and you spend all that time and effort getting everybody settled and all the kids happy and whatever that you think, well, I'm not moving again unless it's really yes. bloody worth it. Yeah. I'm yeah. not moving on a whim. Whereas probably the first time we move, we move bit of flutter, bit of excitement. Oh, we definitely did. Yeah. It was all, it was effort. Let's yeah. just do it. And, and then you learn how hard it is yeah. and how tough it is. And then you add you go, children into the mix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, that's a really interesting point is maybe that second move, you're not as keen to, uh, yeah, go out on a yeah, limb. Because you know you what were. happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so you had a couple of articles in here. Yeah, that I'll put the links to on the website. One was, should I stay or should I go? And another one, the expat dilemma um, about expats in the Netherlands, about whether they should stay in their home, uh, stay in the Netherlands or move on. So there's some, some good articles that I'll put links up to. Right, and your social media pick? It's a little easy peasy one. Um, I am a huge fan of avocados. I like them mashed up on my toast. I make... Guacamole. Yes, and you know, my big head here, I think I make one of the best guacamoles I've ever had. Um, but the thing here is when you buy an avocado, they are rock hard, right. so you wait for a few days for them to ripen, but you've forgotten that you're going to have your avocado, and by the time you remember it, it's gone brown, it's shriveled yeah, up, and yeah, it's yeah. foul. So I found this really great hack, and you actually wrap it in foil and whack it in the oven for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. and that makes it perfectly green, ready to use. So I'll put that link up on the website for you. Yes. Okay, and I had the IKEA hacks, which made me laugh a lot. Hilarious. (laughs) And this is a video that we'll share on the Two Fat Expats page. Yes. But there was... Uh, post and I think what I love about this is IKEA is truly globally universal to all of us. Yes, now, isn't yeah, it? yeah. And it doesn't matter where you are. We have all had those partner discussions of yeah. putting. And see, I love IKEA. It's one of my favourite places to yeah. go. Matt can't stand it. Like every time I'm I mention, I, I even say aha, uh-huh, and he like shrivels up. <laughs> so they had this fantastic video, and I won't wreck it. But there's all these different scenarios of. You know, this is what it. This is fake. What it's like, and this is really what, what it's, it's really like. like. And so, in fake, what it's like, it had the guy saying to the woman, "I really like it when you help me out with this." And <laughs> <laughs> or that was so easy. All of the pieces matched together, and we don't have anything left over. And it like took us ten minutes. And it took us, <laughs> that really did take ten minutes. Yeah. Like they said it would. Yeah. And then there's the reality. Yeah, so I'll include that in. I also had a podcast that I've been listening to called Game Changers, which is a guy called Craig Bruce who used to work for Osterio, and he um, interviews different, and, and this is probably only one that's going to interest people in Australia, I okay. think, because he interviews different uh, Australian radio personalities mm-hmm. about their life in radio. And I just found it quite interesting to kind of get a bit of behind the scenes of yeah. what it really is like to be uh-huh. a breakfast radio presenter and get very early mornings. afternoons. Yeah. <laughs> what it's like to get dropped and yeah. to have to look for another job. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of the 
the tension that happens behind the scenes of constantly coming up with those yes. ridiculous and that it's that live yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and there's a lot of uh i guess a little bit of insight into what's happening in the podcasting world mm-hmm. as well so the first episode is with marty sheargold and those in the, who have lived in australia would know him from kate tim and marty yep I think it was Michelle, Tim and Marty before it was yes, Kate, it was. Tim and yeah. Marty too. Yeah. I love Michelle. Um, yeah, me too. And uh, Chrissy Swan's on I there. Her. Eddie Maguire's on mm-hmm. there as well. Um, and it's called Game Changers. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to ask you about if you've watched Girls yet. No, I haven't. Yes. I've got to get around to it because the whole new season has been and gone and I yeah. didn't even realise it was on. Fantastic. But you said it back to yeah. how it... Yeah, because I think we've spoken about girls before on this podcast and I was saying I got a little bit over it. I mm-hmm. wondered whether I'd got too old yep. for girls. Mm-hmm. And um, But this last season I thought Which was just Which I have brilliant. a feeling it's the end. Mm, that's so I sad. think, yeah. But I love Lena Dunham. I think next? she's so yeah. smart. Well, she's she got a podcast is. and she's yeah. got... Um, like a, a feminist newsletter that you can subscribe right. to that's amazing, that she interviews different women and stuff. She's, yeah. I think she's very clever. She might go more behind the scenes maybe. She might yeah. do some more writing or directing. Or... I tell you, there's a scene in this girl's where she's walking along with a pair of ridiculous bathers on. They're the bathers <laughs> that are, they're one piece but it's all cut out around oh, the middle yeah, of the back. Yeah. So it's basically a bikini. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know we get so used to seeing people who are a size 8 mm-hmm. on the telly that when you finally do see someone who's a size 12... It's confronting. It's really confronting and it's ridiculous that it's confronting. Yes, because, they because look, if you actually saw her in real life oh you God. wouldn't even look twice, no. would you? But when you see... And no. I'm, I'm a big girl and even when yeah. I I see a size 12 on it I'm yes. like oh, she's wow. a bit big yeah but in not. reality I would never yes. pass judgment on any woman walking past yeah. me and it makes you realize that we need more women doing that because yes, it's not to make change. it normal yeah yeah like so please thank you Lena Dunham for doing that because yes. it was I want more of her. Yeah, absolutely. I want more bodies like that more on the telly. And, and that's probably one like of the reasons why we went live yes. on Facebook. <laughs> Even though I said to you, hold that selfie stick up high <laughs> to get rid of my good angle. <laughs> okay, guys, that's us for this week. We'll yep. be back next week next talking week. about our glamorous expat life. Because it is so glamorous. So, so glamorous. And I'm going to talk about how my boob fell out the other night <laughs> on the compound because that's really glamorous. <laughs> Okay, everyone, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.